At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the look ahead on vsin the sports betting network This is hour number two of The Look At right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, and a tremendous hour number two coming up as we're going to talk a little football in the second segment here. In about 15 minutes, Frank Schwab does a terrific job over there at Yahoo Sports. He's going to be joining me. We'll take a look at just what to expect from the season. Is there any season wins that he likes slash dislikes? Has there been anything that has popped out to him that has been maybe concerning slash heartening on a team as well as we're seeing a lot of these OTAs getting started up. Pretty soon, mini camps are going to be here before we know it. And hey, pretty soon we're going to have NFL preseason football, which hey, if you're looking for a sport in which the, the coaches just do not wind up withholding any information whatsoever, preseason football, the coaches will not lie about their injury reports whatsoever because, well, it is preseason football after all. So that's always something that you do want to take a look at there. So we're going to have some fun with that with Frank Schwab in about 15 minutes. And then coming up in about 45 minutes or so, we're going to be joined by a gentleman that's doing great work over there at ESPN, Eric Moody. That is going to be terrific. He is someone that wound up joining me two weeks ago. Does a great job taking a look at player props over there and is doing a great job taking a look at this NBA final series. So touch upon it quite a bit in our number one with the Warriors being able to nod things up one-to-one, get a little bit more of a player perspective with him in about 45 minutes. So that's what's on tap here. And we're going to lead off this hour by taking a look at a little bit of baseball. Every single day, I wind up doing a DK Nation pick. You're on a four-game win streak, and then the Texas Rangers decide to give up three runs in the ninth inning. And now we're going to look to build a new one as things have been going pretty well the last few weeks. So how about if we wind up getting back on track? 953-954 on the betting board. The New York Mets hit the road. They're facing off against the San Diego Padres as Blake Snell is going to be going for the pods. And... Yeah, Carlos Carrasco is going to be going for the Mets. Relative pick'em game here. Pretty much anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110 is where you're going to be finding the Mets. Anywhere between even money and minus 110 with regards to the Padres. So about as close as it gets. Most places have this total at a 7.5. We were seeing a straight 7 here at Circa with the juice at a minus 120. And a DK Nation pick is going to be on the San Diego Padres. They want going to Milwaukee. They want taking a trio of games. What I think is very interesting as well. And this is really a homework of what we wound up seeing in Major League Baseball on Sunday. You wound up seeing a whole bunch of games wind up going to extra innings. The Mets were involved in one that wound up going to extra innings against the LA Dodgers. And then you wound up seeing going to extra innings, the Padres and the Brewers as well. But this is going to be a Padres team that they've still got bullets out there in the chamber when it comes to their bullpen because in their last 11 games, 
10 of them have involved this starter going at least six innings. I think that that's absolutely massive for them. And you take a look at Blake Snell and Carlos Carrasco, both of these guys, very demonstrative home and road splits. You take a look at Carrasco this season, four, or I should say a 279 ERA at home with opponents taking a 233 off of them. That balloons to a 287 on the road with a 506 ERA. And then you take a look at Blake Snell and his 13 career starts at Petco Field. He has been tremendous. 269 ERA, opponents are just a buck 58 off of him with 13 strikeouts per nine innings. Walk's still a little bit of an issue, but that's much more demonstrative with him on the road. On the road, Blake Snell, and I'm not even kidding here, ever since he wanted getting traded to the San Diego Padres, 6.2 walks per nine innings, 591 home, or I should say road ERA. That is more than 3.2 points higher than when he's at home. Blake Snell looks like the gentleman that Maybe didn't win a Cy Young, but pretty darn close to it at home. On the road, looks like a guy that you want absolutely no part of. And for the Padres, it is a little bit of an unbalanced lineup. Manny Machado right now one of the front runners to be able to win MVP. He's in the top three of that list, along with Paul Goldschmidt, Mookie Betts. These guys have been absolutely terrific. Eric Cosmer is starting to cool down, but he's been able to do a solid job. But you need a little bit more consistency, and I do think that we're going to see it out of some of these guys. Like, for instance, a Jerickson Profar, who wound up starting out the year relatively solid, hitting a couple home runs. He's down to hitting right around at 230 or so for this team. Jake Cronenworth being able to hit a pair of home runs in that series against the Milwaukee Brewers. I think that that's massive for this team. And you take a look at the Mets. This has really been the most consistent lineup in Major League Baseball in terms of just being able to get on base in general. Now, you've got to wonder if there's going to be a little bit of regression with them because this is a bunch of which... They right now lead the league in terms of infield singles. Now, I think a lot of this has to do with Buck Showalter, just such a crafty manager. And part of the reason why they might have been able to win on Sunday is if you wind up going back to Saturday, they wound up playing against the LA Dodgers in a 9-4 game. They made the Dodgers burn up a bullpen arm that they did not wind up wanting to because this is a rule that absolutely nobody knew whatsoever. And the only reason why I'm bringing this up is to just highlight how much Buck Showalter knows about the game. During the 2020 pandemic, the MLB put in a rule where you cannot wind up putting in a position player or a listed position player. So Shoy Otani winds up getting a little bit of an exemption from this. I know that I wound up getting a couple of questions on Twitter about this one, but you cannot wind up putting in a position player and a position player only to pitch if the differential in the game is six or less. So either you need to be up by at least six runs or you need to be down by at least six runs. This goes way in extra innings because if you wind up getting into the 18th inning, you're just out of guys. They allow for that. But that said, Buck Showalter, a lot of calling out the Dodgers who tried to use Zach McKinsey in a five-run game, which if you're the Dodgers and you're trying to use a position player in a five-run game, so I end up giving you an inning. That just shows what you think about your offense right now, which I don't necessarily agree with that personally. We've seen a lot of harebrained comebacks. I'm looking at you, the Texas Rangers, who wound up giving up three runs in the ninth inning. And, I mean, these bullpens are starting to deteriorate right now. But that said, Buck Walter wound up making the Dodgers use up an extra reliever. Lo and behold, Willie Arias winds up getting pulled after 90 pitches in the middle of the sixth inning today. And, Guess what? The Dodgers, because they didn't wind up having bullpen pieces, they wind up throwing out their Craig Kimbrell for a second inning. Me winds up giving up the ghost runner that winds up starting on second base. And lo and behold, the New York Mets 
wound up having a little bit more in the tank with regards to their bullpen. They wind up getting the job done. They wind up getting the W. So you got to commend the Mets and all that they've been able to do with regards to the craftiness, with regards to the way that they've been able to embrace the small ball, the little things. They're right now hitting at 264. That is the best out there in the league. And their on-base percentage of 335, that also leads the league. And that's with the Colorado Rockies playing half their games at Coors Field, by the way. But what you do like about the San Diego Padres as well is that this has been a bunch that they've been able to do a little bit better with regards to the bullpen. It's been a little bit shaky, but if you need a little bit of length, the Bell Crisman is able to give you multiple innings. Taylor Rogers has been able to give the team 18 saves. Wound up having a little bit of a rough go of it last weekend against the Pittsburgh Pirates, but really other than that, they've been rock solid. And for the Mets, this is a team that they haven't been able to get as much length out of their starters because they've had to throw out their guys like Trevor Williams to wind up giving them starts. David Peterson, he's got a tremendous last name. That said, he's not necessarily the guy that the Mets were anticipating getting starts because right now you're dealing with Max Scherzer currently on the injured list. Tyler McGill had to go to the injured list. Jacob DeGrom has thrown as many innings as Greg Peterson thus far. That is a little bit of an issue. And with the San Diego Padres, they're a very well-managed team as well. The reason why the Padres, in my opinion, have been able to get out to this big start is that they wound up replacing the old regime of Jace Tingler, and they bring in Bob Melvin. I think that managing still matters in Major League Baseball. These are two of the best in the business. They're going to be going at it in Padres versus Mets, but I take a look at just the stuff of Blake Snow in general, and Carlos Carrasco winds up coming in, giving up at least three runs in two out of his last four starts, and in his last start, he wound up going up against Washington Nationals. He was able to pitch five scoreless innings, but he had four hits and five walks in that in that start as well. If he winds up doing that against the San Diego Padres, he is not going to be so lucky again to give up zero runs. So I do think that there's a little bit of regression that's going to be setting in for Carlos Carrasco. I think that Blake Snell, he's starting to find himself a little bit more. So I'm going to be trusting in the San Diego Padres with my DK Nation pick. And when it comes to total, it wound up opening up at a seven. And at a seven, I was feeling relatively okay about an over. Seven half, a little bit of a different story. I do think that that half run does wind up making quite a bit of a difference I had pretty much by total between a seven and seven and a half. So here at the seven and a half, as we've got it right now, taking a look at an under, and I'm taking a look at the San Diego Padres. And when it comes to what we're getting in Major League Baseball on Monday as well, we're going to be diving into a few more games as we wind up going along as a relatively short slate. We've got six games on Monday. It's typically Sunday getaway day. You've got a lot of teams that are traveling, so you're naturally going to be finding things a little bit lower with that regard. But just a couple trends that you want to be taking note of if you're looking to fire in on these games right now here on Monday before I wind up doing more breakdowns moving forward. But the Cincinnati Reds, 19 out of their last 20 games at Great American Ballpark, they have scored at least four runs. So they have been very much an over machine. Over two-thirds of their home games have wound up going over the total. They're going to be playing against a team in the Arizona Diamondbacks, averaging about 1.6 home runs per game on the road. That is number one out there in the big leagues as well. We're going to be hitting upon that game a little bit later. The LA Angels. Here's one that you probably know about. Mike Trout is 0 of 26 at the plate right now. And you got the LA Angels who have lost 11 straight games after they wound up blowing, and I'm not even kidding here, a four-run lead to the Philadelphia Phillies thanks to their bullpen going into the bottom of the eighth inning. Typically, it's the Phillies' job to wind up blowing those games. So that was very interesting to take a look at. Robbie Ray, after he wound up winning his Cy Young Award last season, He's now got north of a 4-5 ERA. Now, I think that many of you guys are in agreement with myself. The reason why Robbie Ray wound up getting that award last season is because it was just a down year in general, but certainly not something that you want to be necessarily banking on. And for the Toronto Blue Jays, it's been interesting to take a look at their offense. They had an above 500 record going into their series last weekend against the LA Angels. They were able to sweep all four of those games, and 
this is a bunch that all of a sudden they've been able to win now eight out of their last 10 games. So they have been able to really start to rock and roll. And a big reason why is because they were actually dead last in the big leagues in terms of batting average with men on base. That has turned around recently. And as a result, the Blue Jays in their last 11 games, they've been able to put up at least four runs in 10 out of those last 11. So we've seen a little bit more consistency there. And At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. When it comes to betting on baseball, I think that it's really the most trend-based sport that you are going to be able to find. Typically, when it comes to college basketball, because there's just so much turnover with the teams, such small sample size, things like this, you really can't find as many trends out there as you can in Major League Baseball. So I always love to be able to take a look at that and before we know it, we're going to be taking a look at some NFL trends as well. And a man that does a great job of taking a look at everything that we've got out there on the gridiron. That would be Frank Schwab. He is over there at Yahoo Sports. And he is a man that comes from the great state of Wisconsin, much like myself. We like those guys. Whenever I wind up filling in on the look at, we're going to be chatting with him next. Taking a look at some season wins and taking a look at some intriguing teams coming into the season right here on VEASAN, Esports Bank Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the look at right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Greg Eubes-Bierson holding it down for Scott Seidenberg. And great to be joined by our guests as this man does an absolutely terrific job over there at Yahoo Sports. You're able to follow him on Twitter at Yahoo Schwab as it's Frank Schwab. And Frank, always a pleasure, my friend. And I want to lead off by asking you this because I know that when it comes to the offseason right now in the NFL, just sort of the, I guess you could call it holding pattern right now. We're starting to get into some OTAs. Things really start ramping up when we wind up getting into the preseason, late July, early August. But when it comes to this time of year, is there anything that winds coming out that could make you feel a little bit more bullish or bearish on a team, something that might wind up catching your eye in general? You know, not a ton. I, I mean, you you try not to overreact to the best shape of their lives stories, right? But there are certain things you look for, and, and there's a few obvious ones here, and especially this offseason when you got the Deshaun Watson you know, situation looming out there. That changes the entire AFC North. He's such an impact player that, depending on what happens to him, that changes the fortunes of the Ravens, of the Bengals, the Steelers. So I really you got to keep a close eye on that, or even Alvin Kamara, who had his issue there in Vegas. So stuff like that, that's obvious. I think this year, more than any other year, 
there are a lot more veterans out there that I can remember. Veterans who can come into play right away. Guys who should not be unsigned at this point. I mean, probably leading that list is Rob Gronkowski. He's kind of a special case. But there are there are players out there teams can add to really benefit themselves. And then I think just news-wise, when you look at it, OTAs, like I co- I've covered the NFL a long time, a lot of what you see is just a lot of false positives. A lot of guys look great in shorts and T-shirts, then they get the training camp and they really can't play. But if you do hear of a guy is in great shape and you can put that in some context, I mean, Najee Harris bulking up a little bit. I don't think it's a bad thing. He's 244 pounds now, a little bit over what he was last year. I he's ready for the rigors. A guy like that, he could help the Steelers or maybe I'll get a props on Najee Harris or something. So I, you, you try really hard to weed out what's real, what's fake, what matters, what does it, the obvious stuff, the news, the suspensions, the arrests, if anything happens, the injuries sometimes happen this time of year, but it's the other stuff. I think you're talking about the nebulous stuff that you're like, is this guy really in the best shape of his life or not? That's where you try to, to really figure it out. Uh, it's always hilarious when you wind up hearing all these coaches wind up coming on because when's the last time you heard a coach being like, he's our starting quarterback and he looks absolutely terrible. We feel really yeah. bad about right. him coming into the season. You really should not bet on our team. That right. I, I would say this, Greg, let me say this. I, I do think that it's almost one of those process of elimination things, though. Everybody's in the best shape of their life, right? Yeah. If you hear somebody's not like, oh, that is a red flag. Or you hear about, I mean, even this time last year from Jacksonville, you're hearing stories about Urban Meyer's doing some weird stuff over there. So I think when when something is an outlier like that, that's not positive in June, early July, that's when you take a look and you say, boy, things must be not going well there if they're not positive stories coming out of Jacksonville or wherever. Yep, and certainly we do not have Urban Meyer to be able to fade this season. So <laughs> a little bit unfortunate there. Very fortunate for anyone that's playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So you've got that going on. And I mean, take a look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Why not? look at them because I mean it's just so intriguing to try to be able to gauge this team moving forward because it's your number two of Trevor Lawrence coming out of college I mean we all thought that he was going to be the second coming obviously was a little bit of a rough year but I don't know what quarterback could have succeeded under that Urban Meyer system so now you pretty much got him I would consider this pretty much still pretty much a year one a for him he's going to have a couple more weapons for him ATN is going to be coming back after he wound up missing all of last season as well what do you think is sort of the ceiling slash floor with regards to the Jaguars? Because I do think that it's going to be a little bit of a tough go of it for them, but fortunately they do still have out there in the division, the Houston Texans, who they're not necessarily so great. And it is a little bit of a soft schedule for them. Yeah. And I don't think you're going to be worse than the Texans. So that's progress. I, I guess it's, it's tough. I, I just wrote the Jacksonville Jaguars preview, which is going to be com- coming out in a couple of weeks when I do my team by team thing. And they're a tough team to really gauge because they were with the worst coach in NFL history. I truly believe he was. Yeah. I truly believe Urban Meyer was at least the worst hire in NFL history. And he, it, it was such a toxic environment for them from the jump that how could it not be so much better this year? You could talk you could talk me into, hey, the Jacksonville Jaguars were in such a bad spot last year with him. And he was doing so many things that were just awful that even though I don't love Doug Peterson as a coach, I, I think he's fine. I, he is leaps and bounds ahead of what they had. And you bring up Trevor Lawrence, I think he's a great example generational prospects like him don't miss very often. I'm talking the elite cream of the crop, the Elway luck type of level prospects. They don't bust very often. I have, I'm going to, I'm going to ride with that. I'm going to ride with this kid was a generational prospect for a reason. And even though the Christian Kirk contract, I might not like that from a football aspect from betting aspect, Christian Kirk helps their team. He's going to add a lot from the slot. Trevor Lawrence loves the slot. Amari Rogers was a big target for him at Clemson. 
Zay Jones. I might not have paid Zay Jones. Zay Jones helps their team. They might have overpaid Brandon Scherf to help their line. Brandon Scherf helps their team. So there's a difference between what I think of them making moves as an NFL team and whether they could be a lot better. And you could talk me into it. I mean, you look at some of the games on that. You're like, okay, you know, you look at the the Texans, the Commanders, the I mean, the, some of the, the Giants. They're going to be able to win some games. I might be on the over on them by the time we come around to to getting there. They're not a team I've bet yet, but you could certainly talk me into the Jaguars being much better than the expectation. Yep, I do think so as well. And then when it comes to that division, I'm sure that many people are penciling in the Titans thinking that they're going to be the best team out there. But we did wind up seeing A.J. Brown wind up getting traded away. And I think that it's interesting to take a look at the Indianapolis Colts as well because they wound up having a not-so-great situation with regards to their quarterback ordeal last season. Now you wind up bringing in their Matt Ryan. And this is a team in which right now you're finding in a lot of places or win total right around 9.5. And if you're finding a 9.5 out there, it's probably shaded to the over. I'm think it's an intriguing bunch i love jonathan taylor all that he's able to bring to the table michael pittman he's got some good speed on the outside and i think that the defense is a little bit underrated as well and i think that there's good potential for the colts to be able to get to double digit wins this season i really do i was out there bandwagon last year and of course two wisconsin guys love jonathan yes. taylor right of course i love jt i mean he's he is the best back in the nfl maybe derrick henry if he's healthy again and I, I like a lot and you talk about when you're trying to read tea leaves in the nfl the outliers when the, the Indianapolis Colts basically came out and threw Carson Wentz under the bus right away after the season, that was a window into their season, their relationship with him. It was awful. Like they, they weren't functioning with him as a quarterback. So Matt Ryan, um, he might be over the hill a little bit, but he's also was coming from a terrible offensive line. Calvin Ridley done for most of the year. I mean, basically rookie tight end was their best weapon on, on, in the offense. So I'm willing to give Matt Ryan a pass and say he might not be the Matt Ryan that won the MVP in 2016, but he can still be a good player. He can still be an upgrade over what they had. And their offensive line is still elite. Jonathan Taylor is still great. You know, Michael Pittman, I think, is the number one receiver in this league. Like you said, underrated defense. I'm all about the Colts. I've already got a ticket on them to win that division. I think I might have just been a year early on them last year. I, I really loved them last year. Really wanted them to be good. It just didn't happen with Carson Wentz. But now with Matt Ryan, I think they played that as well as they could. It's just, it, the, the Colts are one of those teams. If Andrew Luck never retires, I, I truly believe they'd win a Super Bowl by now. I have that much faith in Frank Reich. I, it's just one of those they just keep finding these, you know, temporary solutions at quarterback. They need to find a permanent guy. It's not going to be Matt Ryan, but I think this year they could be just fine with him. Yep, the Colts are sort of that team that the more I look into them, the more I personally wind up liking them. And to your point yeah. on the Atlanta Falcons, the only team that currently has a win total lower than them, that'd be the Houston Texans. And right now the Falcons, their supposed top wide receiver coming into the year, he is suspended for the season because he was betting parlays, which anyone listening <laughs> to the show knows that that probably wasn't necessarily the, worst, the world's best strategy, even if he wasn't in the NFL. So that was not necessarily too terrific. And Frank, is there any team that you personally have been taking a look at? And the more you dive into them, the more you've been starting to like them a little bit more. You know, one team that intrigues me, I'll, I'll tell you, they're a little bit further down the list. That's the Lions. I just really like what they did late last season. They were competitive all year. I mean, they really were one of those teams that was better than their record. They fought hard for Dan Campbell. I really like what they did in the offseason. I thought they added pieces that they really needed, that Jared Goff needed to push a ball a little bit more downfield. Amon Ross St. Brown comes back after his breakout. They're they're good on both offensive and defensive lines, really like that. They love that Aiden Hutchinson pick, and I do too. I think that's a great addition to their defense. So when I look at that division, 
One thing I'm betting on, and it's kind of related to the Lions, is Bears are finishing last place. I think the Bears are the worst team in that division by far, actually. I think the Lions are going to take a step forward this year. I think that they, they're over their win total, and it wouldn't be that crazy at a really weak NFC to see them compete for a playoff spot. I really believe that. They were, I believe, 3-3 three and three down the stretch. Really showed a lot of heart. And I, I just, you could tell, they're really buying into that message. Had a great draft, good offseason of free agency. Really, I think, got a lot of momentum from what they did late last year. So the Lions are one of those teams where I'm looking to looking for ways to bet on you know their surge a little bit because I think it's coming. And with regards to the Lions as well, it was one of those teams in which if you were betting on them straight up on the money line, it did not wind up going well for you whatsoever. But against the spread, you know what? You were yep. able to make a little bit of money, especially early on in the season. The team was very competitive. So I always look at those teams being potentially a little bit of a boom candidate. I am with you there. I was probably a year early on the Lions, much like you might have been a right. year early with regards to the Indianapolis Colts. So we're feeling we're feeling pretty good there and always feel good whenever you wind up joining the show, Frank. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Absolutely, Greg, anytime. And I guess go Lions, right? We'll both be on them. So I have a great Sunday. And NFL can't get here soon enough, can it? The irony of two guys from the state of Wisconsin saying go Lions. That's just <laughs> very funny in and of itself. But Indeed. it's going to be a great NFL season. We're getting you all prepped for it right here at Sin. And coming up next, we're going to get you prepped for a little bit of action out there on the diamond as well. Going to take a look at a few MLE games for Monday right here on Sin Esports Bank Network. VSIN, the sports betting network. Ice cold beers and cold hard cash. Join in on the action on the pitch to be able to win with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. You're able to compete in 20 free to play pools for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at Victory Heineken. Beer made better. 21 years or older terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions. They do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. As per usual, please do drink responsibly. Yes, we're back here on the lookout with myself, Greg Peterson. And it is always a great pleasure to get Frank Schwab on the show. Does a great job over there at Yahoo Sports. Want to take a look at a few teams that were bullish and bearish on coming into the season and what to sift out with regards to things to not be concerned about because... Seemingly, everyone is coming into the year firing all cylinders. Everyone's been looking over their playbook, every single page and everything like that. So always good to be able to get his thoughts there. And coming up in about 15 minutes or so, we're going to be heading out to talk to Eric Moody. Going to be able to get a little bit of player prop perspective on the NBA Finals. Take a little bit of a look forward to Game 3 and the rest of the NBA Finals in general. So going to have some fun there. And here we're going to be taking a look at some games for Monday with regards to the MLB betting board. Want to giving out my DK Nation pick a little bit earlier in the hour. Have no fear if you want to missing that the first time around. For one, we've got you covered with regards to vcin.com slash podcast every single hour of everything that we wind up doing here on the network. We've got you there, and our man Oliver posts up all those hours. He does a terrific job just being able to keep up with that. You've got Taylor who gets me set up on audio. Jason Kahn who wanted up booking a, once again, tremendous guest list. He's got me covered as the as the director and the producer of this show. And then you've got Andrew who's doing a great job as the technical director here. So all these guys behind me, best in the business. They are what helps wind up keeping everything powered. And now it's time to be able to find the winners on the board as we wind up going to the bottom of the betting board for this one, 961-962. The LA Angels who come in losers of looks down at screen. 
11 straight games. They're going to be playing us to the Boston Red Sox. Michael Walk is going to be taking the mound for the Red Sox. And you've got Noah Thor Syndergaard, who's going to be going for the Angels. And with the Angels, find them anywhere between minus 120 and minus 130 with the Red Sox. Between about plus 110, plus 115-ish with your total hovering between 8.5 and, and 9. And I'm taking a look at an 8.5 over personally. I want to say my total right in between an 8.5 and, and a 9. I would rather have the 8 over rather than the 9 under personally just because you take a look at this Angels team and they have now given up at least 5 runs in now 6 out of their last 7 games. And we wound up seeing the bullpen implosion on Sunday. This bullpen has not been able to do really much of anything to be able to save their lives. And... You look at the Boston Red Sox. They're actually league average in terms of bullpen ERA, 389. It just feels like they've been way worse than that thus far this season. So I think that they're going to be a tricky team to be able to gauge moving forward. And for the Red Sox, they're back to 500. This is a Red Sox team that they wanted getting off to a really, really bad start to the season. But they were legitimately one of the best teams out there in the month of May. But what I fear is that Michael Walker is going to have some regression and you take a look at Michael Waka and North Thor Syndergaard, and both of these guys actually have some very similar numbers. Both of these guys have pitched anywhere between 40 and 40 and two-thirds innings. Both of these guys have 27 strikeouts. Both of these guys have given up four home runs. So, yeah, two guys are very similar. While Michael Waka has a 243 ERA, North Thor Syndergaard has right around a four ERA, and as a result, the fielding independent numbers of Michael Waka they aren't as in line with regards to his ERA as they are for North or Syndergaard. So I do think that that's something interesting to take a look at. And by the way, Walk has given out a few more walks than Syndergaard as well. And when it comes to the LA Angels, you just know that Mike Trout at some point is going to be able to bust out of this funk now. The trick is figuring out what day it's going to be because he is currently in a nasty 0 for 26 slide. But you know that he's going to be able to do a solid job, be able to reach base. And I mean, for the LA Angels... The offense is not the concern for this team. They did wind up having a little bit of a rough go in the first two games of their series against the Philadelphia Phillies. And when you wind up going up against the New York Yankees, it is the New York Yankees. That's a little bit of a tough draw there. But and even the losses that they wound up taking against the Toronto Blue Jays about a week or so ago, they were still able to get four-plus runs in darn near all of those games. You've been dealing with an injury to Taylor Ward, but been able to get double-digit amount of homers out of Obviously, Mike Trout, but on top of that, Joey Otani and Jared Walsh, both of these guys have been able to do a solid job of reaching base. And the guys outside of Trout and Otani, these guys have been able to do a solid job themselves. Matt Duffy sitting above a 300. You wind up having Joe Adele wind up getting called up from AAA. Has always been a highly touted guy. I think that he's going to be able to come back up and he's going to be able to deliver some good at-bats. And then Max Sassy, Brandon Marsh, Luis Renifo, all these guys have been hitting above a 250 for this team. Even Juan Lagares, who... I mean, Juan Lagares has never necessarily been great throughout his career. He's still been able to reach base for this team. Just all about the bullpen with them. And for the Red Sox, they're dealing with some bullpen woes of their own as Garrett Woodlock. He wound up getting pushed out from the bullpen into the starting rotation. That has depleted that a little bit. We deal with a little bit of injury when it comes to this bullpen as well. Someone who is very rock solid for this team in Mr. Matt Barnes. He's currently on the injured list. And when he has been out there, it's not necessarily been a good run for him this season. And Matt Stram now has a north of a 4 ERA. Ryan Brazier has north of a 5 ERA. They've not been able to get a lot out of Philip Valdez. He's been banged up, and when he's been out there, he's been giving you darn near a 6 ERA. And with the Boston Red Sox, it's a little bit of a top-heavy lineup. And by that, I mean you've got three guys that are absolutely ripping the cover off the ball. Rafael Devers, Xander Bogarts, J. 
JD Martinez. All these guys are hitting at least a 323. All these guys have been able to deliver at least 23 RBI. And you've got one guy outside of them that has at least that has at least 20 at bats this season and has been able to above a 247. And that would be Christian Vasquez, who's sort of been in and out of the fold last few days. Now, Trevor Story has been able to pick it up over the last 25 days. He's been able to give the team right around 25 RBI. He's been able to give the team quite a few home runs. He really had a great series when they wound up going up against the Seattle Mariners. But that said, it's been a little bit touch and go for him as well. Kike Hernandez at the top of the fold. He's hitting barely above the Mendoza line of 200. Jackie Bradley Jr. just is not out there for his bat whatsoever. I mean, this is someone that is a tremendous defender. Not a guy that's going to be giving you a lot when it comes to at the plate. But I do take a look at this spot and with two very, very struggling bullpens at the 8.5. I would be taking a look at the over with Syndergaard. I do think that he's going to be able to bounce back a little bit in this start. He's had a little bit of a rough go of it recently as you take a look at what he wound up doing in that start against the Texas Rangers. He wound up posting up a, a start in which he did not wind up getting out the first inning. That was not necessarily too terrific. And that said, he's been relatively solid. And like I mentioned with Michael Walker, I do think that it is a case of which he is going to start to regress. And when you wind up taking a look at these games out on the West Coast and during the nighttime, because when it comes to more of these afternoon games, like you typically find on a Sunday where first pitch is right around 1 o'clock-ish p.m. Pacific time, typically the ball is actually flying relatively well when you wind up getting to the nighttime out there in Los Angeles, especially Oakland. I don't think that we wind up having a game in Monday in Oakland, but and so whenever you wind up getting those Monday Oakland games, the Marine layer is out and it becomes about as pitcher friendly as it can get. I think that this is actually something that is very important to take into account with regards to your handicapping, especially totals and especially five ball pitchers. I do think that that's something to take note of, which is why I would much, much rather be taking a look at an eight and a half over rather than a nine, because then you wind up starting to roll the dice a little bit more with balls that Typically, they'd be out maybe dying at the warning track a little bit more. It is getting a little bit more humid. But as we know, out there in the City of Angels, typically, weather is always pretty darn nice out there. So, always something to factor in. But I'm going to be taking a look at and over in the spot at the ANF. And I do think that the Angels are going to be able to bounce back. I was willing to lay up to about a minus 145 here. So, here with the Angels, I recognize that the 11-game losing streak, it is nasty. It is bad. But I'm going to be willing to trust in them to be able to bounce back in this one. And I do have a little bit of faith that we are going to be seeing the Texas Rangers continue the losing that they wind up starting on Sunday as we wind up going Guardians versus the Texas Rangers as it is currently the Guardians finding themselves just a little bit of a favorite here. Anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115 with your total. In a lot of spots, 8.5. We're seeing at DraftKings a 9. And this is 9.55, 9.56 on the betting board with John Gray going for the Rangers and Cal Quantrill going to be on the bump for the Cleveland Guardians. And what I think it's important to note about Cal Quantrill is that in his last 25 pitching appearances, he has given up three runs or fewer in 23 of them. So he's been a rock of consistency, a little bit of a throwback starter. Gives you right around six strikeouts per nine innings. Guy that does an okay job with the walks. He needs to tone that down a little bit more, right around three walks per nine innings. But throughout his career, has been a little bit more of a command guy. And he's going up against someone in John Gray that he just has not been able to do necessarily a great job whenever he's been away from Coors Field. You take a look at his numbers and his career ERA whenever he's been away from Coors Field, whether that be now at Texas because he wound up pitching from pretty much 2015 to 2021 out there with the Colorado Rockies. It's been a right around 4-5-ish ERA now. He's coming off of a very supreme start 
against the Tampa Bay Rays. Wound up going seven innings, gave up one run, wound up punching out 12, but he clearly has not been himself whenever he's been away from Colorado. That's something to take a look at. I'll be giving a little bit more on this game a tad bit later, but I do like the Cleveland Guardians being able to pull it out and be able to get the job done. And someone else that winds up getting the job done, that would be Eric Moody. He's doing a terrific job over there at ESPN. Does a great job being able to dive into more of the player prop market when it comes to being able to take a look at, especially the NBA coming up next. We're going to get a little bit of a preview of Game 3 and the rest of the NBA Finals. Try to be able to unearth a little bit of value with regards to the player prop market as well. That's up next right here on VSIN Esports Bank Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN Summer Special is here for just 39 bucks. You're able to get everything VSIN has to offer now through the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business here at VSIN. And subscribers will have access to all of it. Edinburgh, as we covered with regards to MLB Daily Best Bets, you've got John Von Tobel. He's got you covered on the NBA throughout the entirety of the finals. Andy McNeil, he's breaking down everything with regards to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Plus, we've got premium coverage and articles when it comes to golf, UFC, USFL, NASCAR. We've got you covered with regards to some preseason NFL coverage as well. If you want the full VSIN experience, which includes daily to best bet emails, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, our betting tools, and live video whenever you want it, the cost is just $39 to subscribe now through July 31st, and that is at VSIN.com. Summer, as it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson, and great to be joined by our guests as Eric Moody doing a great job taking a look at everything over there at ESPN, has done a great job taking a look at everything all throughout the NBA Finals. And you able to follow him on Twitter at Eric and Moody. And Eric, great to have you aboard tonight. And it was great. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary, we believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. That thus far we've seen a split NBA Finals. What have been your takeaways really from what we've seen in these first two games? Because obviously... The Celtics wound up being able to steal things away in game one. And then in game two, the Warriors, they were on their revenge tour. Yeah, yeah, they, they were. You know, I felt like, you know, I had a late night uh, pool party, you know, with all the splashing that the Warriors were doing. But um, in all serious, uh, seriousness, though, they, they responded nicely in game two. Uh, if they lost this game, they fell to 0-2, they'd be facing a doomsday scenario. You look at finals history, home teams that lose game one are 14-3 in game two. Furthermore, the Warriors are 4-0 following the losses postseason and have outscored opponents by 14.5 points per game in those wins. So their success uh, did continue tonight uh, after this performance. But I'll, I want to chime in on one thing, and I may pass it back over to you, Greg, is that 
I just think about like looking at this loss by the Celtics. Like this was really one of their worst losses like all season. Like they trailed by as much as like 29 in this game. Now that's tied for their second biggest deficit all season. 18 turnovers were tied for the second most in the playoffs. The Warriors capitalized on them. You know, Golden State finished with 33 points off turnovers tied for the second most in a finals game like over the last 25 years. And so that, that was really one thing that stuck out to me in this game with the turnovers and how Golden State capitalized. But uh, what do you think? Yep, I thought that the turnovers were very big as well because, I mean, regardless of the level of basketball that you wind up taking a look at, I mean, if you wind up having like five, six more turnovers than your opponent, yeah. that's five to six more opportunities that they mm-hmm. have at the basket. Now, I think that yes. rebounding is going to be relatively big in this series as well. And I don't think that the Warriors need to win the rebound battle because the Boston <laughs> Celtics, they do trade up a little bit of shooting to be able to have a little bit more size out there. But we wind up seeing the rebound disparity be Boston Celtics wind up winning it by one here in game two. And I think that that's very mm-hmm. ideal for the Warriors. If they're able to play relatively even up on the glass, I think that mm-hmm. that's going to be voting very well for them moving forward. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Just even watching, um, you know, like one guy that came to mind was uh, like Kevon Looney. Uh, and, you know, he made like all six of his shots uh, and he ended up having what, 12 points, uh, seven rebounds. But also I was surprised, like he had three steals like in that game. So I was like, you know, he's, he's making a big difference in this series, uh, especially on the defensive end. Uh, you look at Steph Curry, I'm like, you know, he's superb. You know, something that struck out to me with Curry is that uh, when you look at his um, point total, like in game one and two, like Michael Jordan's the only other player like age 34 or older, like with more points in the first two games of an NBA final. So that's really good company. And I know that Steph really wants to uh, put on a show, you know, to win that finals uh, MVP award. So, you know, I thought that was, I thought that was huge. Uh, another player too, Jordan Poole. <laughs> I'm like, just watching him in that third quarter, I'm like, he was solid. You know, he had 17 points in the game. You know, he capped off a huge third quarter run uh, for Golden State. Uh, another statistic on Poole. Now, he's now the youngest player with five triples in the finals game. You know, he did pass that mark set by uh, Penny Hardaway way back in uh, 1995. So it's really just a huge overall performance. You know, the, uh, the Warriors responded. And I'm kind of curious to see kind of how things develop as we transition to Boston now. So I'm, I'm excited about the next game. And I'm curious to see how things wind up transitioning to Boston mm-hmm. with regards to Jalen Brown as well, because we wound up yeah. seeing in a game one, his player yeah. prop wound up going under by a half a point. It was 24 and a half really in the first two games, mm-hmm. depending upon closing numbers. Now we're seeing at DraftKings at a 23 and a half. So they've dropped it a mm-hmm. little bit. And I felt like it was a, yeah. certainly too high in game two. I thought it was a little bit too high in yeah. game one. And I just feel like this is a series in which if Jason Tatum winds up going over. You're probably going to see Jalen Brown wind up going under. And I just can't see a lot of scenarios in which both of these guys wind up going over their player props. I don't know how you wind up feeling there, but I feel like it might be one guy's night, perhaps the others, but I really Mm -hmm. don't see both of these guys as Tatum, as I'm seeing it right now. He's at 27 half. I really can't see a scenario in which both of these guys wind up going over because the Celtics do have so many options. Yeah, no, no, really good point. It's just, I just think going, going back home, uh, with this type of defeat that Boston had, there was no, no really real way, I would say, to quantify this, but they're going to look at, you know, this game for game three as like a must win, especially after that humiliating performance uh, in game two that took place tonight. Uh, one thing with Tatum, though, you, you mentioned like with his uh, props, I'm like, he scored 21 of his 28 points in the first half for Boston. And, you know, I was, I was, I was thinking, you know, like, Hey, he's off to a really good start, especially if you were betting like the over on like on par, you know, points, assists and rebounds. But just the way that the third quarter progressed and developed, I'm like, 
you know, they ended up taking him out in the fourth. He just didn't have much to do. Uh, Brown, like one observation from him, like he really struggled uh, just with the shot tonight. I think he only made like uh, five out of 17 field goals. I know he had 17 points, but it was still like a struggle. But I do like Jason Tatum uh, probably more so than Brown in game three, like from a prop lens, because he's averaged 25.3 points, uh, 6.3 assists and six rebounds per game at home so far in the postseason. And, you know, both Brown and Tatum will have to step up in game three. So it'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, Ben, you mentioned it with with Tatum. He did wind up having the 13 assists in game number mm-hmm. one, took a little bit more of a backseat there, wound up having yeah. just three assists in game two. You figure that he wasn't going to put up 13 once again like he wound up doing yeah. in game one. But I do think that that's interesting to take a look at. And I do think that some <laughs> of these ancillary pieces might have a little bit of value because you take a look at just what winds up happening with regards to the playoffs in general. Typically, you wind up seeing the role players stepping up at home a little bit more. Grant Williams is a guy that I think is going to need to really step up for Boston. We've seen him have some very mm-hmm. big games. Look no further than yeah. that closeout game against the Milwaukee Bucks. Thus far in this series, he's got six more points than the two of us. And, well, we have mm-hmm. not suited up and taken a single shot in this series. So that's a little <laughs> bit of an issue. But I do think that Grant Williams could be a little bit of an X factor. And I take a look at just these benches in general. I feel like these have been really the two deepest teams in the NBA playoffs. And I think that being able to gauge this matchup, the guys that wind up coming in, like Grant Williams, even now Gary Payton the second, who is back for yep. the Golden State Warriors, this is going to be critical in deciding who winds up being able to take down the championship. Yeah, no, all, all really good points. I think you and I are aligned there. Um, I know another player for like the Warriors who's, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of under the radar just when you have, you know, Draymond Green, you know, Steph Curry, you know, Clay Thompson is uh, Andrew Wiggins. Now, I know he didn't go over on his uh, on his prop tonight if you were looking at uh, like points, assists, and rebounds. He had a solid first half, but just, again, given how the second half progressed, especially the third quarter, you know, he wasn't able to go over it. But I know he's someone that I like uh, quite a bit, uh, you know, from a player prop lens, and that's someone that, depending on where the line is at for game three, that I'm very, uh, very opening to uh, open to targeting going on the over. Uh, but just going through that, you know, it got me thinking about like the third quarter, like with how pivotal it's been uh, in this series. Uh, just the Warriors, like in the third, they were like plus 21. Like that was their best points differential in any quarter uh, in the finals in franchise history. It was just so dismal for the Celtics. It was painful to watch. They had more turnovers and field goals made like in the third. So I'm curious in game three, like how the, how Boston, I would say, is going to respond against Golden State like in the third. That's still been another betting trend, and I'm sure that betters have been taking advantage of with the Warriors in the third. So looks like that trend continues, right? <laughs> yep. It's going to be interesting to see if that does wind up continuing, and it's going to be interesting if this trend continues as well. I still like the Warriors to be able to win the championship mm-hmm. because with the Warriors, in every single one of their playoff series mm-hmm. that they've had coached by Steve Kerr, they've won at least one road game in every one of them. I'm not sure where you wind up standing with regards to the series, but even though the Warriors wind up dropping a game at home, I still think that they wind up taking down the championship. No, no, I, I agree with you. I I know we put together a column like over at um over the ESPN, like a roundtable column, and you know I've been on the Warriors like all year, like from a from a betting lens. Uh, you know the the odds that they had, you know, back before the season began. You know, I like those odds for them to get to the finals and win. And you know, I still stand by that. You know, I feel like the Warriors can win this series like in six games. And I think that performance that they put, uh, you know, put out there tonight just kind of reinforces that, especially after how game one unfolded. So you know, I do like the Warriors as well. Yep. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens as 
The series is going to be shifting back to Boston this week. And Eric, mm-hmm. I know that you're going to do a great job. We'll be able to gauge this and so much more over there mm-hmm. at ESPN. You always bring it whenever you're on with me and you did so once again tonight. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, not a problem at all. Yeah, looking forward to the next time and have a good night. It's always good to talk hoops, right? It's always great to have Eric on here and always great to have on there a gentleman with a helmet of Nichols College out there. One of the best Southland schools when it comes to college basketball as well. They made, they won me some bets over the last few years. Always love to be able to take a look at them and great to be able to take a look at just everything that we've got here in the sports world in the final hour. We're going to take a look at what we've got all on tap for Monday. A little bit of baseball, a little bit of hockey as well. So that's coming up in the final hour of the look at right here on VSIN, Esports Bank Network. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.